We're talking about urban legends, and uh, we're continuing in our series today. We'll, we'll wrap this up in a couple of weeks. Uh, but we're talking about urban legends. An urban legend uh, is a myth or a hoax. Uh, it's something that you hear, and when you hear it, it causes you to kind of step back and think, okay, is that, is that fact or fiction? Is that true? Is that false whatsoever? And uh, have you ever noticed how email uh, is, just does a great job of serving us and helping to pass along these urban legends, right? Uh, in fact, have you, have you seen those emails that have gone around that have talked about the importance of your mobile phone? And all the things that your mobile phone can do for you, in addition, of course, to talking into it, like other things. Uh, for example, there's an urban legend that, that's going around that says that, hey, if you lock your keys in your car and you maybe you've got your mobile phone in your pocket or something, uh, what do you do? Well, you could call your spouse and, and maybe your spouse has got a key fob for that car. And even though they might not be in the same place as you, that if they put the key fob up to the phone and you hold your phone up to the car, uh, it'll unlock the car door for you, that it's really that amazing. How, how many of you would believe that to be a true statement? Any of you believe that? Anybody willing to go there and take the risk that that's a true statement? Well, it's not. Uh, it's false. It's a hoax. It's an urban legend. It won't really happen. Well, today, uh, this morning, I want to talk to you about another urban legend, uh, one that often finds its way into church circles and, and, and into different conversations. But before we get into it, uh, let me start by asking of you this question. Uh, how many of you would say uh, that right now, uh, this point, this season of your life, you could say, you know what, I, I feel pretty overwhelmed. I'm a little overwhelmed. If that's you, if, the, if you're there, let's just be honest. Let's just take a poll right now. How many of you would say I'm a little overwhelmed? Because maybe school's coming to an end and you've got all the details with it and, and prom or maybe all the different things that are going on at work right now uh, that you just maybe feel a little bit overwhelmed. Maybe you're a parent and your child's getting ready to graduate from high school and so you're thinking about college and how in the world you're going to pay for it. You know, and so you would say, okay, that, that makes me a little overwhelmed right now. Or maybe you've got different projects going on at work or just some different things that are happening in your family. But, but anyways, you know, when it comes to it, somebody walks up to you and asks you, how are you doing? It's like automatic. You don't even think about it. You're going to say, I'm, I'm busy. Yeah, I'm busy. I'm a little overwhelmed. I got a lot going on in my life right now. It, 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 that's you. I think we got a lot of people here today who say, you know, that's me. I just feeling overwhelmed, a little busy. Now, here's what's crazy about this busyness thing. Our culture is fascinated with busy people. I mean, I really believe we are. I think we elevate and we lift up uh, those who are busy. It's kind of a way of life. It's a perceived way to success. In fact, if you're not busy, you're kind of an oddball. In fact, people look at your life and say there's something wrong with you. You're a slacker. You're not paying attention to details. Uh, you're keeping your kids from something. But, but that's not the norm because for the most part, we're all busy people. Uh, we're all feeling a little overwhelmed. And so most of us tend to tilt towards this side of, of feeling overwhelmed like you lot, got a lot going on in your life right now. And, and, and so maybe for some of you, you are to that point, to that extreme point of feeling overwhelmed that you're like, you know, if one more thing happens, I'm going to go Looney Tunes on someone. I mean, I mean that just, that, that's where I am right now. Well, I want you to know today, I want you to know this morning that if you're here and, and you're feeling in your life right now, you're feeling like you're a little overwhelmed, um, this message is for you today, and I'm trusting that God has something that he wants to offer to you this morning uh, and, and thinking about some of those overwhelming feelings in your life and where to possibly go from here. I want to start off today by looking at a couple of instances in the life of Moses. 
Now, Moses is an Old Testament guy, uh, and if you look at his life from beginning to end, you're going to see that on more than one occasion, uh, Moses qualified for this overwhelming sort of feeling. He's got so much going on in his life, and and for me as a pastor and me as a leader, I can look to a guy like Moses, and and I can relate, and I can learn things uh, from his leadership. I can learn uh, things from, from his life, some of his mistakes and so forth. And, and I can't tell you how many books and, 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 and talks that I've heard uh, where, where writers or speakers have used the example of Moses' life. You know, he's a leader, he's busy, he's got too much going on, but his life isn't simply an example for pastors. Uh, it's an example for all of us, uh, for every single one of us here today. And so we're going to start in Numbers chapter 11 this morning. If you want to go there uh, in the Old Testament, Numbers chapter 11, the verses will be available on the screen. Uh, At this point in history, Moses is leading the people of Israel. Uh, He's leading the nation of Israel where they were once enslaved in Egypt, now through the wilderness en route to the promised land. Now, some scholars estimate that there were as many as, if not more than 2 million people that were making this journey with Moses, and he's the leader. And on more than one occasion, the people would come to Moses, and they would complain about different things. But here in Numbers chapter 11, the people come, they complain, they're like, you know, Moses, you're our leader, here's the deal. We're sick and tired of eating manna. All right, we've had enough of it, and so we need some meat. And it doesn't have to be New York strip or fajita meat. I mean, bologna's fine. Whatever the case is, we're just tired of eating manna. We want something else. And in Numbers chapter 11, beginning in verse 13, Moses goes to God, and here's his reply. Here's how he responds to this big ask. He writes, where can I get meat for all these people? He's saying this to God. They keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. So Moses is the leader of these people. Uh, He's helping to lead 2 million people through the wilderness. They're complaining once again, and Moses goes to God, and here's what he says. Hey, the burden is way too heavy for me. Uh, It's so much more than I can handle right now. I wonder how many of you can relate with a statement like that. That when you look at your life and you think about all of the various circumstances going on in your life right now, um, if you were to go to God and you were to have a conversation with God, you'd be able to say, um, I, I, I've got more than I can handle. This load is way too heavy for me. And, and of course, you're not responsible for two million people, but maybe as a wife with three kids and a husband and all of the demands would come with that, you'd say, you know what, that's pretty demanding. I mean, that, that's a load that can be a little heavy to carry at times. But, but maybe it's not that. It, and whatever it is, and whatever your context is, whatever your situation is, you just know that there are a lot of demands and, and that it's a little too heavy to carry. And whatever it is, and again, every story is different. Isn't it about the time that we're feeling overwhelmed that maybe you'll pull up behind a car or a minivan or something and, and plastered right there on the bumper of that minivan right in front of you is a, is a really cute statement like this. God will never give you more than you can handle. I mean, you'll see something like that, or you'll read it on a poster, on a bookmark, or see it on a t-shirt or something. God will never give you more than you can handle. I mean, you've heard a statement before like that, right? I mean, um, you've heard somebody share that before. God will never give you more than you can handle. I mean, we, we say it like it's scripture or something. You know, we'll say it to someone who's hurting. Somebody said it to you when, when, when you were hurting. I mean, well-meaning people have said this. I'm sure that I've made this statement before that God will never give you more than you can handle. But guess what? It's not in the Bible. Uh, It's not true, it's an urban legend, and and it's completely false. The statement that God will never give you more than you can handle. Now, where does it come from? I think it's possible that it comes from this verse. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, Paul writes, No temptation has seized you 
beyond what sees you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Now, this verse reminds me that when it comes to sin and when it comes to temptation in my life or in your life, the Bible teaches us that God is faithful. He is faithful and that he walks with us. He walks alongside of us and that he is always ready to provide you and me a way out from our temptation. You know, that's a promise and we can hold God to it because he's proclaimed it in his word. God will never allow you to be tempted beyond a point where you cannot say no. And I think that it's from here that someone got the really neat idea of putting something like God will never give you more than you can handle onto a T-shirt or something. And then we all embraced it and said, okay, it must just apply to everything. God will never give you more than you can handle. But the statement is false. And the truth is this, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down, that, that God will allow you, uh, if he hasn't already, there will come times in your life where he will give you more than you can handle. Uh, he will do that. It's part of his reputation. Uh, he's been guilty of just that. Now, why? Uh, that'd be the first question that I'd want to ask. Why? why? Why would God give us more than we can handle? Why would he expect us to carry so much? Well, the good news is that there's a purpose. The good news is that there's always a purpose. There's always a plan. Nothing happens by accident. The bad news is that we might not always understand. We might not always agree with what God allows to come into our lives. You know, God is in the business of teaching people dependence. And it's so important that you hear this this morning, that God is in the business of teaching people dependence, not independence, but dependence. And he wants you and I to learn to rely on him. Uh, He wants you and I uh, to have this great need inside of us that we've got to go to God for all things. That no matter what you may face, that he doesn't want you to try and carry it all on your own, but he is waiting for you to turn to him, uh, looking to him for support. That with all of your needs that you're willing to go before God, it's a matter of dependence. Now, where we get all upside down or sideways on this is, I I think that the longer that you're around church and the longer that you're around Christianity, we sort of think kind of another urban legend of sorts that we need to become more independent. That as we mature, we become greater in our independence. We don't need God nearly as much, but the exact opposite is really true. That the more and more we mature, man, the more we are desperate for God. That we are dependent on Him for all things. That we have less control than we ever realized we had before. You know, the urban legend says that God will never give you more than you can handle. And and we believe it. And so we tell ourselves, you know, man up. You know, put your big boy pants on. You know, do what you got to do. Tough it up. But God may give you more than you can handle. He may be giving you more than you can handle right now as another way of teaching you to depend on him, to trust in him for all things. He may may give you more than you can handle as a way of teaching you the importance of reaching out to others, realizing that you can't do this on your own. But most importantly, God may allow you to take on more than you can handle in your life to teach you to run to him for support and strength. Because there is no one more reliable than God. I mean, God is a big fan of this relationship thing. This relationship that you have with him that he wants to be a part of and he wants you to engage in as well. And so we've got Moses and he's overwhelmed and he's ready to turn it in. And this is beyond what he's capable of. I mean, try and go go to him. I I dare you to try and tell Moses, God will never give you more than you can handle, Moses. You know, say it to my friends, Ryan and Beth, you know. They're blessed. They know they are. They're pregnant and 
Uh, at 24 weeks, they went into the hospital and found out there wasn't one baby in that stomach. There were two, you know, and they didn't find that out until 24 weeks. And so there was some tears and a lot of joy and a lot of excitement. And, and just a few weeks ago, those babies were born prematurely. And the one girl's doing great and she's at home. But that other little baby that they love so much, she's in the hospital and she's already had one surgery and there's probably another to come. And and they don't know when she's going to be able to come home. And they've got another little one at home. And, and they've got a one-hour drive one way to the children's hospital every single day. I dare you to try and tell them, God will never give you more than you can handle. You know, it's like families from this church, families that I've had the uh, privilege of being with over the last couple of weeks as they've gone through some challenging times. You know, one family and, and their boy, you know, with some surgery and just their great faith. But, you know, as challenging as it's been to say to them, you know, God will never give you more than they handle. Yeah, right. I mean, this is pretty challenging. This is right up there. Another family, you know, a family that, that I love that is facing some real challenges right now with cancer in that family. Would you dare say God will never give you more than you can handle? Because, I mean, it's, it, it's gone beyond. I mean, as it would for any of us. Yeah, this is, this is too much. And it doesn't have to be discouraging news either. It doesn't have to be bad news. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be health-related. It, it's, it's trying to keep up with your kid's hectic schedule or, or you're trying to manage work and trying to manage school at the same time. And, and for those of you that are single moms and single dads, I have no idea how you're able to do it. But here's where Moses is in verse 15. Same exchange here. Here's what he says. He says to God, if this is how you're going to treat me, put me to death right now. If this is your gonna, how you're going to treat me, j- just kill me right now because I'd rather ha- die than try and endure what I'm going through. And then here's how, how it continues. God responds, bring me 70 of Israel's lead- elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand here with you. I will come down and speak with you there. And I will take of the spirit that is on you, Moses. I'm going to take of the power and the presence that's on your life. And I'm going to put it on them. I'm going to put the spirit on them too. And then notice this phrase. And they will help you carry the burden of the people so that you will not have to carry it alone. God, God was saying to Moses, Moses, I'm going to give it to you straight. You weren't designed to do all of this on your own. I mean, you think you are, and you've got a lot of capacity and probably more capacity than a number of people, but this is beyond your limit. Will God give you more than you can handle? Yes. God has a reputation of giving people more than they can handle. He's willing to go to those lengths, allowing us to take on so much, and all along the way, drawing us, teaching us dependence on Him. Again, He's a God that's into that relationship thing. Now, like I said, it works both ways. It doesn't only have to be in the bad things. You know, one pastor calls it the gift of too much. He just simply calls this feeling of being overwhelmed is really, you just best describe it as the gift of too much. It's God's gift of too much. And sometimes these are good things that he gives us, great blessings, but sometimes not so good things. Now, why does he call it a gift? It's like I mentioned, these gifts are not without purpose. That even in the tough times, God has a purpose behind them. He wants to do a greater work inside of us or in our situation. He's willing to go to those lengths. And and we may not always look forward to those gifts that God wants to give us, but but these gifts are intended to teach us something, maybe even something uh, for you and me this morning. And, And so let's call it the gift of too much, this feeling, this sense of being overwhelmed in our life, whether it's good or whether it's bad, too much to carry. God's gift of too, uh, of too much uh, will teach you to do one of a few things. And if you're taking notes, you can write the first one down. Uh, God's gift of too much will teach you to let something go. He's going to teach you to let something go. Again, as I said, uh, these don't always have to be bad things. You know, these can be very good things. I'll, I'll tell you that right now in my life, 
I have the daily blessing of the gift of too much, uh, too many good things. And I'll introduce you to, to a few of them. Uh, I, I talk about them all the time, so I thought I'd bring a couple pictures. So here's Joel, and he's seven, and long story, but he was really proud when he caught this chicken one day. Uh, and then uh, my other son is Luke, and that picture just says a lot, you know, about the energy and the creativity and the enthusiasm of this five-year-old. And then there's my little girl, Kate, and I'll just say she loves ice cream. And uh, it doesn't matter if it all gets in her mouth or not, but she absolutely loves ice cream. And, and I love these kids like crazy. All right, I absolutely love them like crazy, and my kids and my family are a priority to me, and I know the importance of spending time uh, with my family, Um, and I want to make sure that my children, that my family, they don't just simply get dad's leftovers. You know, they get the good part too, and and so what does that mean? What does that require of me? Uh, It means I'm throwing a lot of batting practice right now in the backyard. Yeah, believe it or not, my wife just loves to take BP with me. And so I'm, no, I mean this seriously, it's just for the boys. But, but my kids love to take batting practice. And I'll probably be the only pastor that's going to need Tommy John surgery in a couple of years. But we throw a lot of batting practice. Uh, uh, it, it means, you know, daddy, come watch me ride my bike again. And so going out on the street as they ride their bike, it, it, it's daddy, would you read Princess Princess to me for the 1,000th time, you know? And, and, and it's making sure that I'm giving my time to these kids. And it's getting busy. You know, and two kids in school next year and both of the boys playing baseball right now. And then there's my lovely wife and we sort of feel like it's a good investment in ev- for everyone if, if we're investing in our marriage and finding some time together. But add to all of that, um, the amazing things that are happening in Genesis Church right now. I mean, our church is growing so fast, uh, not only in the facility, by people that are coming. Um, our, our staff is growing, you know, and, and the responsibilities that come with, with leading people and reaching out to people for all of our staff, not even for just me, and, and leading our leaders and, and thinking about and asking and praying, God, what's next for us as we know and realize we've got some big decisions coming ahead of us and, and what the future holds, you know, for this great church. Now, again, don't miss this. Please, please don't miss my attitude in this. I am blessed beyond what I deserve. These are good things. These are great things that I am enjoying in my life right now. I am blessed with the gift of too much, but I'm just saying it's tough to handle it all. I mean, to really give yourself to all these things. So what do great things like this cause me to do? The key word there is prioritize. I mean, you and I, we have to prioritize now. It means that we've got to let something go once in a while. We've got to say no to something else. Now, I'm not one of those guys that believes that I can do it all. And and I don't think working 60 to 70 hours a week is a win for anyone. You know, it's not healthy for anyone. And with my growing schedule, and with my growing responsibilities, all the time I'm having to ask, is there something that I need to let go of? You know, we talked about this in our staff meeting this past week. We talked about the value of prioritizing. And, and I was reading about a principle that I shared with our staff. It's the and or principle, you know, two conjunctions and or. And so anytime anything comes up in your life and, and you're forced to choose between two things, you can ask yourself one of two questions. Can I do this and that? And by doing two things, am I, am I stealing from something else? Am I not able to give the best of myself to something? Or is it, can I do this or that? And so, you know, maybe you'd be asking, okay, can I go to my kid's ball game and check my email while I'm there? Or should I go to my kid's ball game and be fully present at my kid's ball game and support my son or daughter and what they're doing? You know, priorities, it's always about asking that question, about letting something less important go. And this isn't easy to do. It's not easy to do. Uh, Jenny and I were out to dinner by ourselves just a few weeks ago. It was wonderful. No kids' menu, hamburgers, chicken strips, no crayons on the table. It was just the two of us. And we were out of town, and we were eating at a, a, tapas, a tapas restaurant where, where they serve appetizers. That's all they serve. And it was great, and it's wonderful. And the way that it works is you pick two or three apiece, and then you just share them. 
And so it's a great group deal. Well, I don't know how you guys roll in your house or in your home, but Jenny and I aren't always the best at decision-making, like when it comes to choosing a place to eat or what to order. And it, so it seemed like we were there forever. And I don't know how many times the server stopped by asking, you know, are you ready to decide and, until we finally could make up our mind. You know, the same is true with priorities. It's not always easy to understand what your priorities are. And, and, and so do what I do. Ask your wife. I mean, my wife, she, she'll tell me what my priorities are. She'll remind me. Uh, maybe the same for you. You know, she knows. So ask someone you trust. You know, ask someone that you have confidence in. You know, ask them what's most important. You know, what, what, what can I do that no one else can? I mean, I know that I'm the best person. I'm most qualified to be a dad to my children. I, I know that I'm the best person most qualified to be a husband for my wife. You know, some of you right now, you've got way too much going on in your life. And, and again, they may be good things. But, it, but it's too much. And if you're struggling right now because you've got too much going on, it might be time to get right with God and ask God, God, would you help me through your spirit? Um, think about those things in my life that maybe need to be reprioritized. You know, there's a classic story in Luke chapter 10 where Jesus goes to the house of Mary and Martha to spend time with them. And Mary, we get the impression, is sitting in the living room with Jesus, just being with him and listening to him. And Martha, she couldn't sit still, and so she's worried about the laundry, and she's worried about the house, and she's worried about keeping up and everything. And in Luke chapter 10, verses 41 and 42, Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, the gift of too much in your life will force you to ask what's most important. And what is not so important? I mean, there's, is there something in your life right now that you need to let go of this morning? I mean, set it aside for a while. And again, it might be important, but it might not be as important as something else. You know, because maybe your kid doesn't need to play baseball and soccer right now. He or she just needs one of them. Or, or maybe you took on that special project at work and you know and you realize, or maybe you will later on today, that you need to sit down with your boss tomorrow and say, you know what, I made a terrible decision. I really can't give of myself the best of myself right now to this extra project. Or, or maybe you decided, your family decided a while back that it was best for you to go back to work when maybe you're realizing that the best thing, the greater thing that needs to happen is you need to go back home and just learn to live with less. I mean, all the time, it's not easy to do. We have to be asking those questions. What's most important of me? You know, and sometimes that means letting something go. The second thing is that the, uh, the next thing the gift of too much can do is teach you to hand something off. You know, it's about delegating something. It's about giving something away. You know, Moses was overwhelmed. I mean, all of these people asking of things from him and, and they wanted him to settle arguments. They wanted him to settle disputes and provide counsel. And so his life's slipping away. He's got more than he can handle. Uh, let's look at another occasion in Moses' life. Uh, one that popped up, and, and on this occasion, Joe's, uh, uh, Jethro, the father-in-law to Moses, he notices that something's not right, and, uh, and he comes to Moses in Exodus chapter 18, beginning in verse 17. Look at this exchange here. It says, Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not so good, meaning my daughter is calling all the time. Get it fixed, straighten it up. All right, verse 18. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. I, he's recognizing here is what the most important thing is, Moses, for you to do. Teach them the decrees and laws and show them the way to live and the duties they are to perform. But 
Select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands and hundreds and fifties and ten, and have them serve as judges for the people at all times. But have them bring every difficult case to you, the simple cases they can demand or decide for themselves, and that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. And if you do this, and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain. And these people will go home satisfied. Basically, Moses, you've got way too much going on and you've got your hands in way too many things. You're spreading yourself too thin and I haven't designed you to carry it all. You know, God will give us more than we can handle to teach us a whole bunch of different things and lessons. And sometimes he will give you the gift of too much to teach you that you've got to hand something off. That you can't do it all for yourself. That you can't do it alone. And the problem is, is that we're way too prideful in this. I mean, do you ever see it in your kids? I know we talk about kids all the time, but do you ever see it in, in your kids? Like sometimes they are so dependent. Like you can go up to your kid. I, I can go up to my kid and say, you know, w- would you please pick up that cotton ball on the floor? It's too heavy. I can't do it all by myself. You know, I'm too tired. You know, please. But then you try and help them pour syrup, you know, or pick out their outfit in the morning. And they're all independent all of a sudden. You know, they're way too prideful. They got to do it for themselves. You know, I I think Moses struggled with this issue of of pridefulness. You know, in the moment that Jethro saw how it was affecting him, you know, he stepped in and and he just says, Moses, you've got to hand something off. You weren't designed to carry this all on your own. And and I don't think he was only talking about the physical pressures. I think he recognized these emotional and these spiritual strains that were in Moses too. You might need to hand something off in your life because you're trying to do way too much. You've got... Too many irons in the fire, as some will say. And not only are there the physical demands, but there are also the spiritual and the emotional demands that come with them. Uh, And it's tough to get to the place where you can be willing to ask someone for help. You know, because most of us are pretty prideful. You know, we're we're taught to be strong. We're taught, well, you got yourself in this mess, so just get yourself out of this mess. You know, or we don't want people to know that we're hurting. You know, when, when I think about some of the ways that I've seen people hand something off, I think about the importance of counseling for some people. And I am so thankful for Christ-centered counseling and for those who can come along others and help them make some better decisions. But, but I love when I, I get the opportunity to refer a number of people to counseling. I love when I see a revitalization or almost a relief in someone when it's like they've handed something off. You know, and all of a sudden now they're on a plan to do things a little differently. And if that's you, if that's the type of situation you're in, you know, keep going. You know, don't give up. You know, keep going. Now, I think about the importance of our connection groups. You know, our connection groups are not simply uh, intended to be another burden for you on your calendar every week. But when groups are working right, you know, groups are growing and the relationships are forming. And people are excited to be with one another and praying with each other and, and helping uh, to people to, to walk through some of the difficult things they may face. You know, maybe you need to hand something off and it might mean saying no to one thing and, and yes to something else. It, it might mean sitting down with your spouse and, and kind of taking a checkup on, on responsibilities. It might mean sharing your heart with a professional or going out on a limb even this evening as you sit down with your group and say, hey, I need to tell you about some of the junk that's going on in my life right now because I can't do it alone. I look back again to Exodus 18, 22 to 23, as, as Jethro and Moses are having this exchange. You know, he said to him, have them serve as judges for the people at all times. We'd delegate, hand something off, but have them bring the very difficult case to you, the simple cases they can decide for themselves. Now, don't miss this phrase. Here's what will happen. They will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. You have someone in your life right now 
who is able and willing to share the burden with you so that you don't have to carry it alone. I mean, you and I weren't wired to do life alone. It doesn't work that way. I mean, what are you holding on to right now that you weren't intended to carry all by yourself, you know? Uh, and maybe God is saying to you, you know, if you'll just let go. If you just would let go, I'd be willing to help you walk through this. I mean, are you caught believing this lie that God will never give you more than you can handle? Because God will give you more than you can handle, especially if he is trying to teach you in this area of dependence, that you can trust him, that he will walk with you, that he will supply for you and provide for all of your needs. You know, he might be allowing you right now to go th- be going through this overwhelmingness you know, kind of phase in your life, and he's just waiting for you to surrender. God is just waiting for you to surrender and to say, you know, I can't do this by myself. You know, waiting for you to set aside your stubbornness and and turn to him. I mean, it's a dependence matter. Again, he's into this relationship thing, a relationship where you are regularly turning to him, even with this cry, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't get through this day without you. You know, suppose God has given you too much right now, good or bad, and if it's not in your life right now, it'll come. You and I will all face it. You know, your next step might be to let something go. Your next step may be to hand something off, or it might be this. Nothing will ever top the importance of giving something to God. But because we can count on Him, we can rely on Him, and we can go to Him anytime, place, and He is there, and He is listening and ready to respond. Uh, Psalm 55, verse 22 says this, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Now, the word cast here, do you know what it means? It means to cast. That's what it means. It means to hurl something. It means to take something that you possess and to throw it away so that you no longer possess it. You know, it's like saying, God, I've got too much going on in my life right now. I can't carry this on my own. It's too much for me. And God says, you've got to cast it away. You've got to cast the burden. You've got to cast the anxiety that you're carrying around right now. And and you need to give it to me. Now, this doesn't mean to to shed responsibility. It it doesn't mean to put someone else in danger or ditch uh, or not own up to, you know, something that affects you or someone else. But if you're carrying more than you can handle right now, I want you to know and realize this morning that there is a God who is ready and available, ready to respond in your life but he's waiting for you to say i can't do it i can't do it on my own i need to cast this on you you know the scriptures talk about the apostle paul's life and talks about some of the great amazing unbelievable burdens that he carried and and in one point in scripture he describes what he just calls a thorn in the flesh just something that wouldn't go away and we don't know what it is and there are all sorts of opinions on what he was referring to but three times paul prayed to god to take away this burden in his life and and god said no and I'm sure that was a challenging, difficult lesson for Paul to learn. But, but look what he learned in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. But here's what, here's what God gave to him. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God says, my grace for you, Paul, for you today, the grace of God is sufficient. It means it's perfect. It's all you need. It's what's missing from your life right now. And that grace is sufficient. And the power of God is made perfect in our weaknesses. Now, here's what's really amazing about this verse. That if you're in a place right now of feeling absolutely overwhelmed, like you've got nothing to offer, nowhere to go, not sure what the next step ought to be, that our God in heaven is ready and available, 
with his grace, which is sufficient, made perfect for you in his power. You know, Paul learned this. He says, you know, therefore, I'm going to boast all the more about my weaknesses because I realize that when I'm in that place of feeling overwhelmed, that I am in the, a prime position to see and to realize and understand and sense and feel God's power like no other time in my life. And that may be where you are right now. And God is ready, and he's ready for you to surrender so that he can respond and he can work in your life. Here's what we're going to do this morning. I want to give you just a few minutes, the gift of a few minutes. Because I know that it'd be easy to send you out the door and just expect that you'll take some time with this. But I know that life happens when you walk out of this building. And so I'm going to give you a few minutes, just you and God, to think about where you are in your life right now. And the truth that God's grace is sufficient. That His power is available for you to receive it this morning. Is there something you need to let go of? Is there something you need to hand off? Is there something you need to give to God today? This is your time. This is your gift. And I'll close this in prayer in just a moment.
pray that you would know the joy of being able to go to God. And I, I promise you that if when you cry out to God that he is there and he listens. I, I mean, can anyone describe the joy that comes from being so dependent on God, the God that is there that never lets us down? God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ uh, that you would be our strength and our guide. And God, I give you thanks even for the gift of too much. And sometimes that gift is full of blessings that help us keep our lives on track, always reminded of the things that are important and matter most. We give you thanks, God, for even those times when your gift of too much is too painful. And while we might not be able to understand why, I pray that today we might be able to celebrate as we're reminded that we don't have to do life alone, that you are always there, that you are faithful, and that you are willing to carry the load so that we don't have to do it by ourselves. God, there are prayers being offered up all around this room today, offered up to you this morning. And God, I pray now that you would give us wisdom and determination to act now as we leave, not independently, but dependently. And remind us, God, that your grace is sufficient. It's all we need. Remind us that your power is perfect in our weaknesses. And we give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.